to on and off the pitch. After 21 games and 15 wins, Bristol City women are WSL bound. Salute. Welcome to On and Off the Pitch. I'm Rodney Cyrus. I hope you are well. That's it. The big news in terms of the Barclays Women's Championship. The WSL is still going on, but they're heading there. They are promoted. They're champions. Uh, and there are still some games to play. Um, congratulations to all of the players. Congratulations to all of the fans. We will miss you in the championship. Congratulations to all of the media around Bristol City Women, Shahan, DM, Nat, au revoir, so long, farewell. Um, it's been interesting, definitely. And they are truly deserving of, of winning the, the league and being promoted. They are, their talents and their endeavour um, have led to this and they deserve this. Winning a trophy of any stature is special. It's special. Doesn't matter what league you're in, amateur league, whatever. Winning a trophy of any stature, but adding promotion to that trophy as well just adds an additional glow to the silverware, to the medal. Um, there's players in the uh, Bristol City women's team who've experienced that already. You know, for those that were with Manchester United, having that kind of experience probably explains why they had that resolve going, you know, throughout the season. It may say something about them and um, the, the the bond that they have as, as a team, as a squad, as a group. Um, but that's it. In terms of the, the, the Barclays Women's Championship, it's over now. The, the chasing pack only have pride, honour, the shirt, the fans to play for. So we say a fond farewell to Bristol City women and good luck to you and yours next season. It's where all the big boys are, all girls. Uh, so uh, just to go over some of the details of their season in terms of the league table stats, right, which is important so far. And, and at this point of me talking to you, they've only scored 39 goals and they promoted 39 goals, which is one less than the team in third place. So it says a lot about their defence. Their defence was key, pivotal. Fran Bentley, salute. Phenomenal sometimes this season. I mean, just phenomenal anyway. But some of the saves I saw her pull off in, in some of the games were just whew, amazing, amazing. So defence has been key. Goalkeeper has been key. Really good, strong core. Um, Amy Palmer, front line, Harrison, Hales, all of the other guys, just, you know, phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal. So they deserve it. Um, in terms of Bristol City women and, and, and all of the other teams, actually, this has been a very entertaining and pleasing season to watch, uh, especially for teams and fans at the top of the table. Not necessarily so much for teams at the bottom. Uh, apologies, Coventry and those closer to that end. Um, and I've mentioned, you know, what I, in terms of the players that I mentioned, Shania Hills and, and, and Abby Harrison have had experience of the WSL. They're going back to the WSL. Hells coming from, from, from Villa, who were doing well. She's going back there. She's demonstrated that she's, you know, a top, top class player for, for a top league. So that's really good for them. Um, 
there'll be more eyes on them again as they go back to the WSL because that's where everyone seems to be right now. It's like a top of the Christmas tree. Uh, so my hope for for that team, um, Bristol City women, is that they retain the bulk of their their squad and they don't tinker too much because I know some teams do that. They go, oh, I've got to change something because that's the method, that's the, the knowledge that we've all been passed and we take on board and say, you know, when you go up, you must, you must do this, you must so, um, change things. Anyway, so congrats. Again, uh, so what next, really? And we will come back and talk about Bristol. We will. But, you know, once you've won something, you've won something. You, you can't hang around and keep applauding you all the time. Come on. We've got to talk about those that didn't make it, those that were just so close. Uh, so what about the teams uh, that were left behind, right? So there's going to be another round of games before the season is complete. So for Bristol City women to actually do it now is really good. It doesn't go down to the wire. Birmingham had a couple of results where people kind of, you know, looked over their shoulder for all, oh, didn't see that, you know, discounted them. I, for one, definitely did, you know, too, too focused on particular teams, not spreading my eye across the league in an even, in an even spread in an even way. Uh, so Birmingham, who are currently in second place, uh, will want to emulate Bristol's success next season because they they're at, the, at this moment in time they're they're in second place. Um, the question that I kind of posed the last time and I've posed to other people: Who do they bring in? Who do they bring in? Um, will they make uh, attempts to lure players away from their immediate competitors, uh, which would be something that some teams would do if they can, you know, once they've had decent games, they will do that. So for the teams that are in the chasing pack who are, are still going to be playing championship or women's championship football next year, London City Lionesses, Charlton, Crystal Palace, Southampton, these teams, and excuse me, I, I haven't included everyone, but I, you know, these teams and beyond have a host of talented players on their books, a host. And um, there are a lot of teams who will have come up against each other and will have been keeping uh, logs, records, you know, a summary of what a player can do, their strengths, their weaknesses, etc. And whether or not that player fits into their uh, model going forward, whether they can fill in and be part of a squad, etc. So it's going to be interesting. And it's, and you know, I, I, it's one of those things right now for if you're a fan of any team, you're kind of like anxious, you want the, you want the league to be over. But then that downtime where you're not having news all the time, you're not finding out what's happening on social media. You, you you want to know what's happening with the players that are there. Are they going? Are they staying? You know, what, what does it mean for your team next season, whether you're going to be able to compete? You know, it's really, I'd say, anxious time. And there will be some people that are kind of ramp it up and there are some that don't, you know. Um, but what I will say, right, I will say, in terms of the players, and I've, I've, I've Southampton, right, as a team, I'm not sure players from that club from Southampton in light of how much they've impressed everyone this season will want to leave or will be lured away so I would be very surprised if there's anyone um able to get hold of a player from from this current Southampton squad unless it's from like a WSL team uh, which could happen you know so the concerns about losing key players it it sits right across the league from this point on because now that Bristol have won 
this is the business end of the season where people, as I've said, are playing for the shirt, pride, the fans, etc., um, and probably playing for a contract. Who knows? Or maybe not. Maybe they already know where their their, uh, their destination is, or whether their destination is to remain put at the team that they're in. Uh, now we know who's who's left. <laughs> now we know Who, who's going to take their place. We know who's left. All right, I've got to say the name again. Bristol City women. Now we know they're left. Who's going to take their place, right? Who's coming down from the WSL? And I could go off about relegation in a minute. I'll go to that point in a minute. I will say something. But before we even get to that, about who's coming down, right? Let's hold up. Because it'd be, it'd be far too easy for me right now to start talking about teams that are going to be releg relegated. But that's a rabbit hole that I'm not prepared to go down right now. Because that 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 may be a long rabbit hole because as it stands right now, it is too close to call for any of the bottom teams, definitely the bottom three or four teams right now. So for the remaining fixtures in that league, in the WSL, I don't even want to put the mockers on anyone or the heebie-jeebies or whatever it is that you say is some form of a curse or, or, or foreshadowing on, on their future. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. Um, but before I start to talk about... No, no, I'm actually... I'm going to come back to that. I'm going to make a mental note and come back to that, right? Let's go over the league stats for the Barclays Women's Championship. We'll get to the WSL in a minute. We will. We will. They can hold their corner. Right, so I'm just going to look at the league tables as it is. So from the first to the sixth, okay, which is interesting to, to look at really, really. Um, Bristol obviously promoted... You know, goals for 39, goals against 10. The goal difference is not too, not too bad. Birmingham are not too far behind them. They've scored 37 goals. London City Lioness is in third, scored 40 goals. Charlton have scored 33. Southampton have scored 22. So this section of the league, right, if they're already scoring that many goals this season, I... You know, I doubt very much they're going to go and regress. I doubt very much that they're not going to add talent to their squad. They're not going to add goals. They're not going to add an, an, an attacking threat. They're not going to try and do their level best to get to that that place which says WSL bound. Bristol City, 48 points. They've won the games. No one can close them in terms of the gap. The, the points is there. They're, they're, they're done. That's it. Birmingham City, 44 points. London City Lioness is 42 points. Charlton on 37, Southampton on 33. So it's not too far. So the first two teams behind Bristol, quite close. And then there's a bit of a spread. And that comes down to the games lost and drawn, primarily. That's what it comes down to. If you move some of those games in the lost column over to the wins column, then it seems a much more tight and even race, closer race, which can happen. Now, a lot of talented players at Southampton, you know, so I, as I've said, I don't see many players leaving there. Um, Charlton are a kind of a young team still. They've had changes. They've got new manager, Karen's there. They brought in Mel uh, Johnson there. They've got players from Spurs. Um, oh, gosh, I can't think of a name. It escapes me. I'll come back to it. London City Lioness has got some key players there. They've lost their old manager, who's now in the WSL. So what does that mean? Will she be looking over her shoulder thinking, who can I come back to or go back to and can I get? All of those things are in 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 the in the air right now. Birmingham City, really good, strong team. They probably looked around and scattered around, as I've mentioned. And there's Crystal Palace in six. Now, Crystal Palace, and I'm going to talk about Crystal Palace. I went to watch them 
against uh, at home against Lewis, their last home game. Crystal Palace, for me, are that's not frustrating to him. I'm frustrated sometimes by how much talent there is in that team, and they're not close enough to the top. I mean, they're hovering, and this is something that they've done really. They've hovered in a position for the last few seasons where you think they're fifth, sixth, fifth, sixth, fifth, sixth. And they've got some really, really, really good players down there. I mean, oh my gosh, really good players. And I'm thinking you need to be punching harder, further, closer to the teams that are actually right now sitting in second and third place. Have to, they just have to do it. They just have to do it. Um, so I'm going to talk a little bit now. Yeah, no, I, I, I am. I'm going to say I have to do it. A little. They're going to talk a little bit now in terms of what's going to happen. I've just seen that the light's coming through me. I'm going to try and change. I'll try. Is that, that, that's a little bit better. Got that light coming through the blinds. What can I say? Uh, fake studio. Um, I'm going to go over Crystal Palace versus Lewis at home just after this. Aye, aye, go big. Um, apologies for the for the um, light. Anyway, uh, in terms of Crystal Palace, right? At home, uh, really important game for them in front of their fans. Last home game. What could I say? Um, really impressed. That's, that's what I'm going to say. Really, really impressed. Impressed with Crystal Palace. Not so impressed with Lewis. I'm going to, as a, as, a, as a byline, that would be really, really impressed with Palace, not so impressed with Lewis in terms of a, an attacking threat. Uh, Chris Palace, really sharp from the start, switching the ball from left to right, really good. I'm going to say these two names, right? Haynes and Blanchard, right? Oh, so good, these two players, so good. Anyway, uh, from the very beginning of the game, they combined really well, sharp one-twos, cutting inside. Uh, low shots towards the goal, just beyond the keeper. Um, what was interesting in terms of the, the the early play from from Crystal Palace is that they were able to dance through the Lewis defence with ease. Don't think the right back had the, the best of game for Lewis. Um, apparently, they usually play with three at the back. They went to four at the back. Really, kind of fell into the the trap. That Crystal Palace, because Crystal Palace have a very offensive and attacking front line. They're not afraid to to to, to be attack, attacking, not at all. And they really did say, right, if you're going to give us that, we're going to take it. So from a Lewis point of view, it wasn't great. Um, they did their best to attack um, in the game. They tried to move the ball forward as quickly as possible. I wouldn't say with, with a, a great amount of success, but they did. They did. Um Lewis actually at one point in 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 the game had a free kick and they made a real I don't even know what happened there they tried to play it short and they just made a hash of it and then Palace break um, Palace almost score Lewis basically creating their own misfortune early in the game um, you know so the goals obviously the, the Crystal Palace scored quite a few goals in the game before uh, but for me the holding I mean holding on the right hand side. I mean, what a strike, what a goal, true and straight. The the source and smoke on the ball as she, as she struck it, so good to see. I mean, wow, wow. I don't think there would have been a keeper in the league. Maybe Fran Bentley, better get her name in there, would have saved it. But I'm saying 
no, no keeper in this league. But Fran Bentley is just about still in this league. So technically, she probably could have. Um, so, yeah, a, a great movement in, in terms of getting the ball. It comes right across the field into um, Odin's path. Touch, bang, goal. I mean, it's br absolutely brilliant. Brilliant strike. Yeah, sorry. And I've seen some goals and they've talked about goal of the season, but that was a goal. Anyway, um, so lots of great play from Crystal Palace. Um, Haynes and Blanchard, right, really did link up so well in this game. I mean, just just the 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 the, the combination, the understanding, the, the way they find one another, you know, really really good to see. You know, keeping it simple, two touch football. Um, yeah, so great. And at the back for Palace Everett, I mean, the amount of times she stepped into intercept forward pass, so good, so strong, so decisive, uh, trying to stop the ball, uh, get into the Lewis attack. Lewis really, I don't know what happened. This was not the Lewis that I thought would have turned up. And, and sometimes I, I honestly believe that the midday kickoffs don't help. I think teams, even if they come up the night before, it's the... Your your routine's out. You're not ready, and and people will say, "Don't be stupid." It happens in men's football, so it's something. It does happen. Sometimes anyone watching a midday kickoff, it's a dull affair. I think the only people who have high spirits are the ones that have been in the bar, and I'm talking about the fans. Um, so yeah, I mean, when Crystal Palace score, the body language from some of the Lewis players was oh, really deflated, really defeated already. Uh, in the midfield, and I thought, well, that's that's not going to to bode well. What I found really interesting is the way that when Crystal Palace were defending deep in their own half, and Lewis were trying to press and push and contain them from, for, in terms of throw-ins on or well, to one particular side, how um, Sharp and Blanchard held their position out wide and central, didn't even try and come up, just said, "Yep, we're staying here." We're staying here, and time and time again, Palace found a way out. Quick break, switch of play, players in the right place. Haynes, Blanchard, Sharp, just all the time, bang, 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 go wide, spread, spread, spread. Really quick breaks all the time. Lewis didn't work this out for the first, I say, twenty-five minutes. You know, and I think not so much the damage is done, but that's a considerable time in the game for that threat to be there and someone on the pitch not say, don't do that, stay here, don't get pulled in. It was almost zonal marking right across the field because even when they were close to players, they weren't close enough. Crystal Palace, on the other hand, were very dogged in their approach. They were quick to the play. They were quick to um, the opposition for second balls. They were working their socks off. And I suppose they were doing so one because it was the last home game, and they and the fans were very very vocal throughout the game for them. Again, you know, a salute to the fans because the fans were singing um, their voices. They were, the fans really do add value for the, for Crystal Palace women. They do, and they need they need to to get their salutes salutes. Um, so, uh, despite uh, Ellie Mason, who has shown across this season to be lethal in front of goal, be lethal with that shot. Um, very little opportunity <laughs> for Lewis to get the ball to her in a, in a place that was threatening, to find her frequently, to find her in good time, 
not enough thrust or speed from Lewis in the attack, not enough forward play uh, in terms of, of their ability to, to, to cause a real damaging threat to Crystal Palace's defence. Just didn't have it. Um, and the referee. Every time I watch a game now, there's something with the referee. I don't know. The re I mean, I, referee and assistant referees, the team, really good, I think, you know, that... You can see that they're 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 trying to learn their trade, like everyone. They're trying to learn their trade, and there were niggly challenges, there were slide digs, etc. Late challenges, obvious handballs. Referee didn't eat well. I mean, obvious referee did see it, ignored it. Um, challenges were slightly late. Ref let it go. You know, players on the floor didn't pick it. Just and I suppose the refs have been brief. Like sometimes, if it's not a head injury, carry on. You've got the fans on your back. You've got the singing section on your back. You've got the, the benches on your back calling out. You've got players that are not playing in stands. Call, you know, it's all happening. So the referee's got a lot to contend with. But I don't believe that the referee had a very good 45 minutes, the first 45 minutes. It was it was comical. And at one point, she'd given a a, a free kick. I think it was to Lewis. And the, 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 the player... No, it wasn't. He'd given a free kick to Lewis. And the player... <laughs> The player removed the ball from the ref, took the ball away, and the ref tried to get it back. And he almost like she passed it, but she flipped it into her face. So the, the ball's hit the referee in the face. Obviously, the cards go, ooh, oh, send her off, book extra. And, you know, it's just, yeah, not good. Not good. Uh, the ref didn't react. Obviously, I can imagine some referees may have said yellow card or offered a yellow card, but anyway. So Lewis do score, right? Lewis do score. But I will say this, I have seen some dives, but that was Olympic. That was so awful. It was terrible. Uh, but anyway, a penalty to Lewis, and after some delay and some turf scratching, scorching by Palace players, not naming anyone, but one of them did look similar to Blanchard. I'm not saying anyone's name. A lot of... Uh, as they say, excuse the, the, the phrase, shithousery going on, but it was happening. And I have to be honest, good to see. Players don't want to lose. And I thought it was, I thought, good to see. You know, didn't, should never have been a penalty. Good to see. Um, Lewis score and, you know, the Lewis number nine, who had to go off uh, in the second half after a, um, a horrible challenge and a, and a head injury, rushes in to get the ball. And then there's all a little altercation. There's pushing and shoving and it's all going off and the referee just doesn't get a handle of it. And from then, you know, those kind of little niggles, scuffles continue throughout the game and the tackles are coming in, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, very difficult for the referee to control this one. And I suppose where an early booking would have been required or a word and says, you, you need to do this or I'm going to book you and grab it. And sometimes you have to do that, the referee to say, no, I'm going to make sure that you don't go over the line. What happens is it then spreads throughout the team and other players think, I'm going to take this into our own matters, which was kind of evident in the last time I watched them when they played Birmingham, where referee didn't give anything. Players were like, we'll sort it out ourselves, which you don't want, but it does happen. Um, you know, so... Yeah, it was a very, a very, very good, a very, very good game. And what was really interesting is that Lewis Palace then get a free kick up the other end, and you just knew straight away that the, there was going to be a penalty. For some reason, the ball goes in, and there's a challenge. Palace player goes down. Palace get a penalty. So 
whether the, it was an actual foul, because I did miss it, I'll have to see it again in the highlights. Sometimes you think, because the referee gave a penalty, which was definitely a dive, and they knew it was, and they probably think, oh, damn, I got that wrong. No VAR to rescue, no kind of like 50-50 call a friend, nothing. The opposition get a chance and there's a, a challenge and the player goes down. Penalty was awarded. So I cannot say anything, um, you know, from that. But uh, Palace score from the penalty and then three goals up. And this is all in the first half, you know. So Sharp, um, Olding and Haynes, you know, and um, yeah. Uh, I would say in terms of the game overall, you know, it was a good, it was a good game to watch for the neutral. It was a good game for the, the Crystal Palace fans to witness a win at home, definitely, before the, the end of the season. Um, from Lewis, the change of formation didn't help them. Um, the loss of a player due to a heavy injury, and I know they've got a game tomorrow, this week, tomorrow. They're travelling up to to up at Blackburn, I think. So that's something I'll, I'll mention in terms of uh, uh, the results and next round of games. It's a bit bizarre. Um, so that's difficult for them. And uh, for, again, I'll say from the referee's point of view, it's very difficult to know when a player is seriously fouled and in the minute someone goes over to give them treatment, they get up and they just walk off without they getting any treatment. So, you know, it's it's a very difficult thing for, for, for the referee to contend with. Um, for Lewis, they had former Palace player, Barton, who um, didn't like what was happening and actually was booked as well. So, yeah, it's, it was one of those, you know, for Lewis, I don't think they really had a, a, a an outlet and no real pace, damaging pace to to, to hurt uh, Crystal Palace defence. Uh, and effectively, this was a, a, a very comfortable uh, and well-played game by Crystal Palace who deserved all three points and... Um, it would have been very difficult for anyone watching this that game to have said anything other than that. Um, but yeah, it, it was it, it, it was comprehensive from Crystal Palace. Really, really good performance. Um, Olding, I say, great goal. Uh, and Haynes and Blanchard, um, really, really good players. And I'll say it now because I've mentioned already about um, going forward and, and players that you've got to kind of hope they don't leave and, and keep. And I think Crystal Palace really need to go and make sure that those two players don't leave. Because if they do, I think they're in trouble. And they will get a new player. I mean, they brought in so many players last season, but these two players are really special. They are. Um, and they and they bloody well need them. Right, away from Crystal Palace. Well done, uh, Crystal Palace women and that. Uh, the scores on the doors for the rest of the Barclays Women's Championship. Crystal Palace 4, Lewis 1. Told you. Uh, Birmingham City made it interesting with their game, but the result that which followed didn't really make it interesting. They were away. They played Durham. So it's Durham 1, Birmingham City 2. Coventry, uh, their last home game, they faced a really on-form Southampton. Uh, they lost by four goals to nil. I'm hoping to see Lee Birch at the game at London City Lionesses. Uh, and it will be their last in the Barclays Women's Championship. And, um, you know, I was at the last game where... Uh, they survived and I'll be at the last game where they, they say goodbye. So it'll be a, a very interesting day. Uh, um, Sheffield United women, four, Sunderland, two. And Blackburn Rovers, two. London City Lionesses, three. And the result which makes it all irrelevant. 
in terms of what happens next. Uh, Bristol City win by four goals to nil against a very good Charlton. So, uh, again, congratulations to Bristol City women. Well done. Be, uh, WSL bound. Good luck to you. Um, and for the rest, we've got some more work to do. Now, in relation to the bottom of the league, right, we have to talk about that. And I'm going to look from six down. And again, because there are only 12 teams, it's very difficult to kind of talk about things in an even-handed way because it's, it's a really small league. Um, Durham, um, who are in eighth place at the moment, uh, have scored 28 goals and had 28 goals against them. So the goal difference is zero. Durham are a team that's always, or I've always thought, should have been always further up in the league. When I first started watching the, the Women's Championship, uh, championship they were high-flying. Uh, things haven't gone that way in the last few seasons. They've been middling or just near thereabouts and, and not punched in terms of, not punched, not physically, but, you know, in terms of their uh, footballing um, uh, prowess. Um, uh, higher than they should be at the moment. So just above them is Lewis, who've got a, a goal difference of minus seven. Sheffield United have always, for me, I was like thinking they should not be in this, in this position. Uh, they're in ninth with a goal difference of six. Now, it's the other teams that are of interest. We know that Coventry are relegated, okay? We know that. But for Blackburn Rovers, who are on 17 points, and Sunderland, who are on 18 points, this is the time where everyone starts to think we need to change something because it's the team com that's coming up is going to be really, really bad. Right. If you're this close to relegation this season, the likelihood, if you don't change anything as to what you're doing, that's probably going to happen. And I really don't want to see any of those teams relegated. I don't. I like Blackburn Rovers. I like Sunderland. In fact, I'd actually like the WSL and the uh, Barclays Women's Championship to merge. And going on to that, there was this Daniel Levy thing about WSL being a closed league well yeah make it closed you know make it a bigger league make it interesting get rid of the conti cup have games where fans can be entertained include the top tier with the next level down so that there's a spread of this financial wealth that everyone keeps talking about but if it's just going to be like a you know glorified seven aside league that you go and play on a sunday every three months then i don't know how interesting that is but anyway i digress i digress um, it'll be in interesting um, to see what happens uh, next season for those teams. So, Coventry and are gone. 11th, Blackburn. 10th, Sunderland. 9th, Sheffield United. A big jump in terms of points for Sheffield United. But nevertheless, the league is what it is. And it is we, tiny. Um We're going to talk a little bit about the WSL. We're just going to talk about the results, really. The results. Manchester United win by one goal to nil over Arsenal. Massive result. Massive. Still on top of the league. Uh, Liverpool win two goals to one against Brighton. Okay. I'll come back to that Brighton bit. Um, Manchester City big time scores uh, six. West Ham two. Tottenham three. Aston Villa three. Wait, is that Tottenham? Wait, three goals. Whoa. Uh, and Reading uh, at home, two, and Everton, three. Now, it really is um, an interesting thing 
when uh, you look at the teams at the top, excuse me, you look at the teams at the top and you also consider um, what's happening with those at the bottom. I am concerned about some of the teams that may drop down, you know. Uh, one of the teams that I didn't mention, I think Leicester have got to play. Leicester have got to play again. They've got to, um, the possibility of that they might come down. Brighton, who have got a new manager, they're still close. Reading, it's too close to call. If I were to say out of all of those teams who might escape, Brighton with the new manager bounce, possibly. Um, but I don't know. I really, I really, really don't know. So it'll be interesting. At the top of the league, Manchester United, Manchester City sitting nice. Chelsea have got games in hand. Chelsea have got games in hand, so they're gonna they're gonna be doing their thing and coming up. Um and if they win their games in hand, they go top. But but Manchester United will still be second. Um in terms of Manchester United, if they stay second, if they stay second and um they miss out on trophies, but they get and they get uh, European football. Will the fans be happy? Possibly. Will they still have a go at the manager? Maybe. But I think it needs to get a big, 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 big slice of respect as well. I really, really do. Really do. Um, and just to get, I was able to get the table up for the WSL. The bottom teams, Leicester bottom, Reading next. on in the, well, Leicester on 10 points, Reading on 11 points, Brighton on 12, Tottenham on 13. And just above them, in eighth place, uh, West Ham on 17 points and, and then Liverpool on 19 it's very close. Leicester, Reading, Brighton, Spurs. Very close. So the draw that Tottenham had was oh so important. Oh so important. Um, Mel Phillips' arrival at Brighton has really shaken up that, that bottom section because everyone probably thought, yeah, Brighton have gone. You know, but Mel Phillips has turned up with a St. John's ambulance and a paramedic kit and said, we're bringing you back. You can't go yet. So everyone else now is going to have to do double duties and get and get extra busy because it's going to get interesting. Really interesting. Right. Uh, that's it for me. Um, until next time, as they say, we've got one more round of games to go for the Women's Championship. And the game that's taking place this week, as I've just realised now before we end, the Lewis and Blackburn game was in is game day three. I mean, how is that possible? Game day three game squeezed in between game day 21 and game day 22. Oh. Wow. In, in a league with only 12 teams. That's the, that's the funniest bit as well. Anyway, I'll leave that with you. Until next time, peeps. Laters.